Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job explains a unique and special name that changed history. This would be a moment in time where the angels would hold their breath. This God of all the universe would package himself at this moment in history in the package of a baby. Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Mark, the prophet Isaiah spoke about a Messiah 700 years before his birth. His name, of course, Jesus Christ, and he's the long-awaited Emmanuel, which means God with us. Yeah, and Wayne, what a lot of people don't understand is what theologians call a theophany, Hmm. a manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. In other words, Jesus kept popping into the picture throughout the entire Old Testament. Now, we know that he was born in a manger as a baby, but it wasn't the first time that Jesus had manifested himself. And so this is going to be a powerful message. As you realize, Jesus has been with us since the beginning. And what a great message to share this weekend before Christmas. So if you have your Bible handy, open to Isaiah chapter 7 from Mark Job on this edition of Bold Steps Weekend. There's something about your name that when people call it, draws your attention. When people mispronounce your name, you correct them and say, no, 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 my, it's not pronounced that way because you want them to get your name straight. My last name is Job, J-O-B-E, but I've been called Joby, I've been called Job, I've been called in Spanish Jobe. Uh, I lived in Spain for a long time, so people really, really had a hard time with my name. In fact, when I was little, when I was young, I was probably about five years old, four or five years old. In, in many Latin countries, people have multiple last names, right? Uh, the, the name of the mother, the name of the, you know, someone says, my name is Juan Martinez de Leon de Vizcaya de Romero. And uh, so it's, it's a long name. Well, I, we were living in Chile, and my name was just Mark Job, period. And all my friends had like three or four last names. So my brother, who's about two years older than than I am, uh, in in a discussion one day, he said, well, you have another name, a second name. Uh, Your name is Piña, which means pineapple. (laughs) And he convinced me that my last name was Mark Pineapple Job. I was telling people that that was my name until my mother heard me say it and uh, uh, had to confront my brother about it. But there's something about your name that's important to you. It defines your identity. It, 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 it is something that people ask you when they meet you. When a baby is born, one of the first things that we ask is, what's the baby's name? Uh, before our first child was born, my wife and I spent a lot of time thinking, what are the names we're going to call? If it's a boy, what's the name? If it's a girl, what's the name? And my first child, which is Marissa, we thought she was going to be a boy. The doctors had indicated a heart rate and so forth. And so I would say, I would come up to my wife's uh, womb belly and I would say, hey, Josiah, how you doing, buddy, in there? And so I, for, for months, I called 
her Josiah. And then when she was born, we had to shift gears and it was Marissa. But there's something about a name that you hear since you're a little child. It defines you. It means something to you. In Isaiah chapter 7, we have a name. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. There's a very unusual name. You've heard it because sometimes there's little boys that run around with this name. But it was a prophetic word. A prophetic word is a word that's given to us by God for now or about the future. This prophetic word happened to be about the future. An event that would occur several hundred years from the date when it was prophesied. Isaiah was a prophet who was serving under a wicked king by the name of Ahaz. Ahaz did not follow God, but he was the king of Judah. And Judah was at war with the other ten tribes. There was the southern tribes and northern tribes, all Jewish, but one was called Israel, one was called Judah. In one battle, Judah had lost 120,000 men. And 200,000 men, women, and children had been taken captive. Syria had also attacked Judah and overcome one of their fortified cities. So Judah was at one of its lowest points ever. And this wicked king Ahaz comes to Isaiah. And Isaiah says to this godly man, Isaiah, says to Ahaz, ask God for a sign. God will give you a sign. To show you that his word is true, that the story is not over, that ultimately Judah will survive. Ahaz was a wicked king and dismissed Isaiah, and Isaiah looked at him and said, I'm going to give you a sign anyways. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child. And will give birth to a son. And will call him, here it is, Emmanuel. Yeah, the sign would be that a virgin, a woman that had never had sexual relationships with a man, that she would conceive miraculously and she would give birth to a son and the name of that son would be Emmanuel. Now, this sign would not happen until hundreds of years later, but it was indicative of something significant occurring. This prophecy would be fulfilled several hundred years later in a little innocuous town called Bethlehem. A young girl, probably 16 or 17 years old, would have this powerful encounter in which she would be told, that she would conceive a child. Now this young woman whose name was Mary had already been engaged to a young man by the name of Joseph. Now engagement in those days was a little bit different than what it is today. Engagement was typically for about a 12-month period of time and an engagement was a solid contractual agreement with two individuals they wouldn't consummate the marriage until 12 months later, but they would be considered almost married 
In fact, if you wanted to break a, uh, an engagement, you would have to get a certificate of divorce. So this was more than just, let's set a wedding date, I want to marry you. This was a strong commitment. And she would discover that through this angelic appearance that she was told that she would have a child not having known a man. And she would give birth to a child. His name would be Jesus, but he would be known by the word Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel is, is a Hebrew term, and in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it quotes what Isaiah the prophet said, and it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted means God with us. I love the sound of that name, God with us. Now, this was a powerful prophetic word because what Isaiah was saying is that God would be with us in a way that he had never been with us before. This would be an unusual presence of God. Now, God has always been with us in certain ways, but this would be different. This would be hard to grasp. This would be a moment in time where the angels would hold, hold their breath, where all creation would sigh because something incredible, not known throughout eternity past, would occur on this moment in time. The God of all the universe, the God that separated the earth from the waters, the God that hurled the stars into the universe, the God that separated and created light and darkness, the God that would breathe and create life, the God that sustains order and orbits to all of the universe, the God that meticulously created the atom and molecules and protons and neutrons, the God that engineered creation that has never known a beginning and will never know an end, the God that is omniscient, that knows all things and will never learn one thing new because he's always known everything, the God that is omnipresent, who has never been absent from any place because his presence invades the universe, this God that has no stain in his character, this God that is blameless and sinless, this God that is unapproachable by creation that is fallen, this God of all the universe would package himself at this moment in history in the package of a baby. A baby that would need to be nursed by a mother. The God of the universe whose diapers would have to be changed. Who couldn't feed himself. Who would experience hunger and pain. This articulate, creative God would now express himself in the of a baby. This God who once breathed life into creation would now be held in the arms of a 16, 17-year-old teenager and depend on her for its sustenance. This God who commanded all the glory of the universe, whose angels revered his name, 
whose glory was magnificent, whose splendor was unapproachable, would now be born in a dirty manger into a poor family, would be an immigrant to Africa, northern Africa, would flee for his life, would live in existence as a little boy who falls and scrapes his knee like every other little boy. He would be known as Jesus, a common name in those days, son of the carpenter. Rumor had it that he was an illegitimate child. He would learn a trade, carpentry. His hands would show the marks of a seasoned carpenter as he grew up. He would know how to use the tools. There would callous on his hands. He lived an existence in a town that people sort of despised, Nazareth. And really nothing unusual would mark his childhood and rearing. In fact, it tells us in Isaiah that he had no stately form or majesty that we should regard him. He was a common-looking man. You wouldn't encounter him and say, oh, this guy is really a movie star kind of guy. He must be special. He looked like an ordinary individual, son of a carpenter, one of the boys in town. But yet something was unusual about him from birth. Oh, his birth, obviously. But more than just that, we don't know much about his upbringing except that at 12 years old, his parents forgot him. Some of you have had similar experiences. Where's Junior as you walk out of Walmart? I think. And then when they returned to find him, they found that he was sitting around with the scholars of the temple, actually teaching them, and they're amazed at his wisdom. But not until he was about 30 years old did actually it become evident who he was. You see, he was waiting his time, uh, not manifesting who he really was, but all along it was Emmanuel, God with us. Imagine growing up in town with God with you. Now this was not just prophesied for the first time in Isaiah. We have evidence that Jesus would come in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, which means beginning in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, uh, speaking to the woman, God says there will be enmity between you And speaking to to Satan, the serpent, he says there will be enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, it's interesting that he's talking to a woman and he says the offspring of you, woman, not an offspring of man or woman, but he refers to the woman's offspring, a direct reference to the virgin that would be with child. Now, some of us have wondered, well, why exactly did Jesus have to be born of a virgin? Well, what's the significance about the virgin birth? Why couldn't he just have been born 
like normal and still be the son of God. You see, the Bible tells us that in the beginning, the sin nature is transferred from generation to generation. You and I, since Adam and Eve, we are recipients born with what is called the sin nature. We are born of fallen parents and we perpetuate that fallenness that has been given to us from our first forefathers, Adam and Eve. And every child that is born does not have to be taught evil, does not have to be taught sin. We naturally gravitate towards it and know it. It's the sin nature. And every person that's been born from Adam and Eve needs to, be, needs to be redeemed from that sinful nature. Every child that has ever been born is born with a sinful nature. And in time, we are given to sin and we fall, we're selfish, we lie, we steal, we have pride. We are given that way because we are, we, our nature is a fallen nature. And that's why all of us, at one time or another, when we reach an age of accountability, we have to make a decision about that sin nature that dwells inside of us. Something has to be done with that sin that that sin nature ultimately causes us to commit. And therefore, we need something to deal with that sin, something to wash that sin. The only two individuals without a sin nature to begin with were Adam and Eve. Everyone after Adam and Eve have a sin nature. The Bible refers to Jesus as the second Adam. You see, if Jesus were born, if he had been born of the normal conception of a male and a female, that nature would have been passed down to him. But in order to be the sinless son of God that would ultimately be that sacrifice, lamb sacrifice, that would be able to take away or be sufficient to wash the sins of the world, it had to be a spotless individual. When Jesus was born, there was no sin nature within him because he had no seed of man within him. He had only the seed of God Almighty implanted within a young woman. And when he was born, he bypassed that sin nature that you and I are partakers of. And from birth and inception, the difference, the only difference that would be noticed in the spiritual realm would be that this child was not born like the rest of us. This child would be born sinless. Why? Because his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. You see, if he could have sinned, he would no longer be God. If he had sinned, he would no longer be God, and ultimately he would not be able to be that perfect sacrifice for you and I. His name would be called God with us, Emmanuel. But Emmanuel has always been with us. You see, God has always desired relationship with you and I. In Genesis, if you read Adam and Eve, God walked in the garden with him. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, you, you read about Enoch, who lived to be 
eight, nine hundred years old, is said he walked with God and then he was no more. God with us. You read of the, some of the ancient prophets of old. You read about Noah who shut the ark and he was guided safely by God who was with him in the ark. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, you read about Moses when he was put in a little basket and hovered over by the Spirit of God and led to the, to the place of an of a prince, Egyptian princess, God with us. You hear about an ancient Moses talking to the burning bush and the voice speaking from the burning bush to Moses, Emmanuel, God with us, reaching out to us. You read of the people of Israel who fire by night, a cloud by day, parting of the Red Sea, God with us. You read of the second king of Israel who even as a youth challenged a giant named Goliath. Emmanuel, God with us. You read about Daniel being thrown in the pit of a lion and these angry beasts whose mouths were closed, the only explanation, the presence, the, the quiet, invisible presence of God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. You read of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being cast into the furnace of fire and seeing the fourth person in the furnace of fire as their clothes were not burnt and they did not even smell of smoke. Why? God with us, Emmanuel. You see, all throughout history, God has sought to manifest his presence. You read about Jonah the prophet thrown into the intestines of a mammoth fish, God with us, being with them and protecting him and guarding him. You see, the presence of God has always sought to be with us. The presence of God has always sought to reach out and be with us and manifest himself where we are at. And then finally, the prophecy was fulfilled and Jesus was born, but in a different way. You see, John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Logos, the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And later on in the chapter it says, and that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God himself taking on the form of flesh, so now, in a visible, tangible, touch-feel way, God with us. Amen. That is a powerful word from Pastor Mark Job here on the new Bold Steps Weekend. We're talking about Emmanuel, the physical, tangible presence of God who came to earth to dwell among us. Mark will conclude this message next weekend, so please join us then. Now, if you're traveling for the holidays, don't forget that you can hear Mark Job no matter where you go when you download the Moody Radio app on your favorite smart device. And you can learn more when you visit us online at boldstepsweekend.org. While you're online, why don't you check out our latest Bold Action Gift? It's a book by the late D.L. Moody titled Secret Power. Here's Mark to tell us a little more about it. Dwight L. Moody was one of the most prominent figures in the Christian revival movement of the 19th century, responsible for helping usher in the great resurgence of belief throughout North America. 
And one of the most pivotal books of this revival was a book that he wrote titled Secret Power. This short but engaging read is a convicting rallying cry for Christians everywhere to wake up from spiritual slumber they've been trapped in. And this month, we'd like to send you this powerful resource as our bold action gift. Request your copy today when you give a donation of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. And please keep in mind that your financial gifts help keep this program on your local station. And then as we prepare for the new year, can we count on you to take the next bold step of inspiring change by becoming a bold partner? Your monthly financial gift of any amount will help bring the truth and the power of the gospel to people all over the country and even the world. Thank you very much. We look forward to partnering with you in 2022. You can give your gift of any amount by phone when you call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. And you can give a gift of any amount in the mail when you write to us at Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And don't forget, we've got the soundtrack to help you get into the Christmas spirit this week. Listen to Christmas music 24-7 when you tune in to Moody Radio's Music of Christmas. You'll find it online at musicofchristmas.org or through the Moody Radio app. Well, that's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and as you prepare to celebrate Christmas this week, the entire Bold Steps weekend team wants to wish you a Merry Christmas. We invite you to join us next time when Mark concludes this message, Emmanuel, God with us. So be listening then to Mark Job here on the new Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.